Need to push the Inward Half t-shirt giveaway one more time and then get that done tonight. Go to the Fox Sports Knox Twitter page, retweet and follow Inward Half, and you can win one of their beautiful orange polos. I rock that on Friday, and it's so smooth and nice. It's a great shirt. InwardHalf.com, transforming golf apparel locally. Owned company, a supporter of Fan Run Radio. They'll throw you in some UT Orange gear. They'll work with the Vol Club and and help get some players some money. A great company, InwardHalf.com. All right, Sam, hit us with some things we might have missed from last night, please. Thanks, John. You're welcome. Uh, Last night, Roy McIlroy and Max Homa. No. That was funny. Um, the big circus freak, John, he's gone. He is not using his COVID year in 2024 and 2025. Is it not Thank weird that God. he's announcing this already? I know, right? <laughs> How does a Purdue fan feel about this, Bob? Like, what's the what are the group chats saying about this? Because it felt like a weird time to announce it. Like, does I, he want like a farewell tour? Is he just saying like, hey, senior day's coming up. I'm going to go through the senior day stuff and I'm, I'm gone. I guess, yeah. I'm closing it, the door. It, it may be that. I, I think there's been a lot of chatter wondering among the fan base whether he was going to come back. I, I think I'm not surprised, honestly. I, what else does he have left to prove other than – Win if, a tournament game? Yeah, exactly. Well, no, get to a national championship or final four would be it. But I'm saying individually he has nothing else to prove. He's going to win player of the year again. It's It's done. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised, but there are some fans who are, you know, in this day and age of people leveraging their COVID years, particularly big men that have done it. You know, Baycott, Shibway did it. Um, I think Edie really wants to try to give the NBA a run, and uh, I think he feels he's ready. So No, I mean, he's, played, he's at least played himself in a conversation for a first-round pick. He's shown yeah. enough athletically and enough touch somewhat away from the rim to, to get a chance there. I guess I hadn't really considered the NIL prospect of it because you would think that there would be some Purdue boosters willing to pay him a couple million dollars to stick around. I hadn't really considered that. That's why he stayed this past year, actually, um, was the NIL money started to flow and because he, he was he was seriously thinking about going last year. See, the, that would have surprised me last year just because, A, you can't leave. You can't leave after losing to a 16 seed. Like, I mean – Maybe back in the day when you're getting no money legally or if Purdue wasn't cheating, you know, and paying people under the play- table like other college programs back in the day, maybe you're like, hey, I, I can't stick around for free. Especially Edie who, you know, if-, if he doesn't make the NBA, can make a lot of money traveling the world as a circus freak or playing European basketball somewhere overseas. European circus? Yeah, maybe he does a little two-for-one there. You yeah. know, the Russian basketball leagues probably look a lot like semi-pro where you have to do something at halftime. passive income. Yeah, he has to wrestle a bear you know, in between the, the games and everything. But I didn't think last year that he would have had a shot to you know make the NBA. He would have been a late second-round pick, if anything, and been a G League developmental guy. I don't feel that way about him this year. I think he'll be a, a draft pick and, and a guy that the franchise, whoever drafts him, sees him at least as in their plans on the roster for the next couple of years as they try to develop him. So I do think he has upped his NBA prospects for sure. Yeah, I think he's going to get a shot for sure. Um, you know, he's lost a little bit of weight from last year. I actually think, you know, he's 7'4". He's not going to be fast or quick, but he I think he's he's actually developed into a pretty good athlete. You know, I, I, I see footwork that's good and all those things. So he'll get a shot. I 
that said, I don't think he's – no way is he going to be like an NBA star or anything like that. But I could see him on a roster for sure. I don't view him as lumbering. No. He's not a lumbering giant. He, I'm not saying he's necessarily a fleet of foot. He's not Shaq, of course, out there running around jumping. He's not Wimbenyama. But, like, I don't think of him as lumbering. He's not Kenneth George. He's not yeah. – He's not Mark, uh, Mark Eaton, remember him? Yeah, Boban. Right? He's not that yeah. type of giant that looks like yeah. he struggles to run. So I will say he's probably got a chance to, to make it. Sam, what else we got? Uh, we just keep him off the weed. Whatever happened to his weed story of him, <laughs> the pitchers at Purdue. At the dispensary. Yeah, stay off the weed, Edie. Uh, the Bengals have officially placed their franchise tag on T. Higgins. That number coming at 21.8 mil. Uh, Titans fans probably pretty upset about this one, I guess. Um, the Titans fans in my life are split. Really? You know, some of them really want T. Higgins, and others look and say, hey, the last thing we need to do is overpay Overpay for a guy who has injury concerns because 100%. the Titans, of course, have dealt with a lot of injury concerns over the last couple of years. So they're like, hey, if he couldn't stay healthy when he's younger, what makes you think he's going to stay healthy as he gets older? Yeah, it's a fair point. He uh, definitely hasn't been able to stay healthy. I wanted T. Higgins with that being said, though. I, I wanted I want another receiver to, to pair with Hopkins, and like I don't think it's – Traylon Burks, obviously. So, like, would you tag and tra- Would you try to trade for him after he got tagged, or just wait for him to hit the market next year? I mean, what are you giving up? I mean, like uh, the Bengals people Probably I like- saw said that like a second and fourth round pick. I don't really want to give that up because, on one hand, the Titans do have ninety million dollars of cap space to the, according to the last update, which is the most in the NFL. Yeah, I saw that as well. So, like, you should be able to round out a good portion of your roster, but I just don't think we're in the position to be trading second-round picks. Now, if you tell me that we get to the draft and trade next year's second-round pick for him, maybe I'm okay with that. But I don't want to give up this year's second-round pick because you need some top-end talent, some young talent. I agree. Yeah, those don't have many picks, too. Like, they right. don't have premium picks right now. Right. We're not have a third, I don't think. Like, I, I'm actually in favor, like, if Joel Alt is gone, and, I, I mean, that's just the name everyone keeps circling for, you know, best left tackle, yeah. best tackle in the draft. If he's gone – I'm fine with trading back to the teens and, and grabbing extra picks. Unless, I mean, I, I don't pretend to be that smart when it comes to projecting. Yeah. Guys. No, I'm with you. If either if, of the tackles are gone and Brock Bowers, too. I'll I don't probably... know if the guy from Penn State's supposed to be a stud. Like, I don't know if he's supposed to be a franchise tackle. If they deem him as a franchise tackle, sure, take him, whatever. I'm not going to pretend to know whether or not he's going to be good. but He's pretty 1B to, to alt, so I think they'd be comfortable with him at 7. Is he still 1B? Because a lot of things I read still have kind of have alt as a defined 1. He's at least the clear 2. Okay. Yeah. That I agree with. Uh, yeah. I think Alton and this Olu kid are clearly 1 and 2. Okay. I, I Some thought, people are interchangeable in their, you know. Yeah, I saw the, a lot of talk of that, you know, right after the season, but I do feel like as we get closer to the process, it seems like alt has kind of taken over the, the one spot, mm-hmm. just from what I read about it. I mean, there's yeah. still time for that to change or whatever, but... Yeah, I'm a little sad. I guess from a Bengals standpoint, it makes sense. Don't don't let T. Higgins walk for nothing. Although, on the other hand, it feels like the Bengals' window is kind of closed in terms of being a championship team. I know as long as they have Burrow, they're still going to be really good offensively as, as long as he's healthy. But it feels like they need to kind of spread T. Higgins' money around elsewhere. It's not like they have the good young defensive talent that they had when they came into Nashville and beat the Titans, you know, Jesse Bates is gone. A couple of those other defenders are older or gone now, and you're going to have to pay Burrow. You're going to have to pay Chase, and it just seems – maybe that's the plan is pay and Higgins Chase, for one yeah. more year, and then Chase gets all that money next year, and Higgins yeah. is gone. I don't know. But it seems like they're not necessarily championship-level good anymore. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Jay Billis yesterday had some very interesting words on, on court storming. Said if they wanted to stop it, they could stop it tomorrow. You don't have to stop the court storming. One time, all you have to do is once they're on the court, don't let them off. Just say you're all detained and give them all citations or arrest them if you want to. And then the court stormings will stop the next day. So arrest everyone that's on the court. Arrest everybody. That's his solution. I have to say it. I'm not a huge Doug Gottlieb fan. I don't know if you saw his post on X. It, it was like, give me your credit card. It was from a it was from a college game last night or something. And a dog got out on the court and he wrote, "Hey Jay, what do you think here? Citation or the pound?" <laughs> it was actually pretty good. Correct me if I'm wrong, Sam. You're still in college. If you and a thousand of your friends all got arrested at one point. Would that not be like a cool night? Would that not be like a core memory that like got celebrated among college students? Like yeah. you, we've all seen the the viral picture from history of you know Tennessee fans down, I believe at Auburn, you know, getting arrested yeah. and, and having their handcuffs behind them. Like it seems kind of badass. So like it, it's kind of funny if you're like, hey Ma, yeah, I got arrested, but so did a thousand other people. Yeah, it's really stupid. The cops did this and. I think the pressure of like the overwhelming the court system, they'd be like, okay, we're, we're dim- dismissing all of these. Like, I didn't even think about that. That would be cool, I think. Yeah, like yeah. It, it's one thing to go to jail yourself. I wouldn't recommend that. Like that's not something you should go out and do, Sam. But like, <laughs> if you and a thousand other people go to jail, what are you in here for? To, to hurt somebody? No, we just stormed the court. Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Mob mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's badass, actually. Strength in numbers. Yeah. I don't know. Now, if it's just a, hey, it's a $300 fine, that's a little less cool. It's a little less cool. That would hurt college kids way more than arresting yeah. them, yeah. Yeah. A nice fine to, to hurt the pockets would hurt yeah. a lot. <laughs> would be way worse. Yeah. Um, I feel like in Tennessee someone would step up and pay the fines for people. Yeah. I, I would hope. I would hope. I think someone would step up. I would hope. There was a lot of that. Uh, Seth Davis was saying, you know, the reason the NBA doesn't have this problem is because they, you know, they have you'd you'd be arrested if you got on the court. And it's like it's like such a in that regard. If you compare that against college, it's such like a soulless game in that you know fans fans would never storm the court. I've been completely surprised, even though I shouldn't be. Because, like, the people who covered college athletics kind of hate college sports. Yeah. Yeah. They, they kind of hate. And I, I'm always a guy – I prefer professional sports to college sports just because the, the skill on the court is better. I prefer NFL football because the skill is better. I prefer NF, NBA games because the skill is better. But I still love college sports. I don't have to pick one or the other. I have a preference, but I still love college for what it is. The reason no one rushes the court in NBA games is because there's not college students. There's no student section there. <laughs> you're going Seth, to work after. <laughs> like that, that's that's what you're there with your family. You're there like yeah. with your with your wife. Like it's it's a lot of adults there that are not in college. And I understand that adults go to college games, but they're not the ones rushing the court. It, it's not the it's not the donor section of all the big wigs. Big time Bob, big baller Bob, and his friends aren't rushing the court. It's the college students. It's Sam. I'm too old to rush the court. I'm not a big baller, but I'm like, ah, I'm not going to go out there. I went out there for Alabama. That's different. You had people of all ages out there for the Alabama game at Neyland Stadium. That was different. I helped a guy get his kids down on the yeah, field. Yeah, that, that was different. <laughs> that was different. That that That's a different level of court storming. You don't have that in college basketball. 
You wouldn't have your 50-year-old. I think field storming is different than court storming. I think so, too. You wouldn't have a 70-year-old grandpa out there mm-hmm. doing a court storm. Right. You probably had him out there at Neyland Stadium. Yeah. There's at least one old person out there. That's the answer, Seth Davis. It's not because the NBA is going to throw people in jail. It's because there's no student section. If you take the student section away from college sports, all of a sudden you're just watching a worse version of NBA. It's true. I I was just thinking, even if like one of the uh, kind of the lower echelon NBA teams won an NBA title, you know, Pacers, for example, there's not going to be a court storming if they won it on their home court. You know, that it's just it would never happen ever, ever. There should be. There should be a court storming if you win a title in Indiana, if the Pacers finally broke through and won one. Like, it is cool watching the old clips of baseball. And you're like, the, was it the it was the Blue Jays, right? That, you know, Carter, as he's rounding third yeah. for the walk-off, isn't the, isn't the field stormed? Like, is, aren't there fans all out there? Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, if you go back to the 70s, of course, I mean, like, Am I, am I misremembering? Was Hank Aaron's like record-setting home run? Did people not rush the field there on well, that one too? Or uh, one person? <laughs> okay, just one person. Okay, I never tried, mind. I tried to get him, you know, hug him. It was, okay. he was running, rounding well, the base. Well, that is what I was picturing in my head. Yeah. But like, maybe maybe the Blue Jays didn't rush the field either. Maybe I'm conflating the two. I don't know. But I don't know. I feel like we used to have some uh, field rushing in professional baseball. Maybe I'm wrong. Jay Billis makes me think that you were right, Bob, in the sense of this is just a bigger deal because it's Duke. Because yeah. like we we literally had this happen to Caitlin Clark, and I mean if you're if you're going to protect a player, it should be the biggest star in college sports, a woman over Kyle Filipowski, who is now just uh, diagnosed as sore, <laughs> just a little sore, <laughs> waking up just like every other American. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get in a court storm. I'm sore too. <laughs> Am I entitled to compensation? Are you going to throw everybody in jail? I'm telling you, who sleeps in a bed and gets sore the next day. <laughs> those uh, those ESPN Duke ties run deep, man. So that's what I'm saying. I just think you're going to hear a lot about this from folks there. Um, I really believe it. Yeah, I didn't take that seriously yesterday when you said it. In the sense, of, I was like, ah, it's like, nah. You know, I think it's just because somebody got hurt. But no, I think I think the next day I'm willing to say that you were right, Bob. It is, it it does get put under more of a microscope because of Duke, not so much because of the. The program stature in current day basketball, but just because there's a lot of stature in terms of ESPN college basketball, two of the the four biggest names, maybe the two biggest names that cover college basketball are both Duke guys and Jay Williams and Jay Billis. Right. Jay Williams is more of a North Carolina guy recently, though. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen all that? Yeah. <laughs> I saw him doubling down this weekend about Caitlin Clark. Yeah. Yeah. And I also saw those idiots saying to go to 96 games in the NCAA tournament. Jay Willis, Jay uh, Williams oh, was making the, God, that yeah, point on, on on game day on Saturday. They thought they should go to 96 games. I'll at least give Billis credit there for being like, that's dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, Peter King. He's retiring uh, after 44 years of covering the NFL. Announced just yesterday. Y'all probably have a little bit more of an opinion on Peter King, I feel like, than I do. I mean, I read some of his stuff, but I feel like y'all have kind of grown up on that more. He's much of a, you know, less of a factor for your generation, yeah. for sure. Bob, I don't know how you feel about Peter King. My take on him is just, like, I think he gets credit for kind of being a, a visionary in the sense of being a media personality, a writer that kind of became a star. I don't know if that was necessarily something that happened back in the day, but he kind of... Rode that wave, and then you saw it kind of, you know, continue with Around the Horn and, and those guys kind of becoming personalities and such. And 
I read some of his stuff. You know, the Monday morning quarterback is the only thing I could think of him writing. I know that was his big piece on Mondays. I, I would read that from time to time. He was, um, you know, he was he was one of the headliners at Sports Illustrated back when Sports Illustrated was still a thing. Um, I'm not particularly a big fan of his work, quite honestly. But he, you know, the ability to have a career that long is pretty admirable, and uh, and his reason for you know he's like it's just time there's it's you know covering these sports is in great hands with a younger generation it's like great to hear maybe we could think about that politically someday too but yeah um, peter king 66 he says okay it's time to hang it up yeah but um now imagine him 15 years from now running for president <laughs> yeah so uh and the it's sticking with espn one other thing while we're in media is kind of uh, surprised he's only 66 i know he looks much older yeah uh ryan clark who there, there's been a lot of veiled uh, discussion, like on NFL Live and other things about his future, but it sounds like he um, is close to signing an extension to stay at ESPN. I like Ryan Clark, honestly. I'm a little surprised by that, but maybe he's getting power in his deal, maybe more of the, you know, not exactly the Stephen A. Smith power, but Good the power boy, to do his own podcast and do all these things that kind of allow him to be – a bigger personality than just NFL Live. I think he kind of has those aspirations. Well, he hosts the uh, – it used to be on Showtime. Um, well, I forget what it's called, like Inside the NFL. Yeah. It, it's now on the CW. He's the host of that now. It comes from Showtime to the CW? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's an interesting show because it's like he's the host and then it's like Jay Cutler and Channing Crowder and uh, Howie Long's son. It's a bunch of former players, but they're definitely trying to take an angle of kind of going younger and – you know, all of yeah, that. I mean, on Showtime they could cuss. I don't know how much they cussed in that show, but I imagine there's some free-flowing stuff there and maybe a little bit more adult stuff being on Showtime, being at night. I don't know how the CW yeah. monitors that. But those type of shows, man, those, they used to be so cool when I was younger, but there's just no need for them anymore. There's so much content on the Internet now that you could get all those, uh, like a weekly NFL show, really? Like that's your big thing? We, we could get a 1,000 people giving us takes. Like athletes, former athletes – Anybody could give us their take before we get to you on whatever day of the week it come on, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it was. The other thing I'll say about that show, as much as it pains me to say it, is Jay Cutler's pretty good on TV. I like Jay Cutler. I like Jay Cutler, yeah. too. He's, uh, I just I didn't like him as a player, but um, but he's uh, he's he's good. He's, uh, he's a good TV analyst. You can have long careers, you could do a lot of good, and you could get remembered by just... One or two things. With Peter King, his long career, I just think about the Robin Williams tweet. Every time I think about Peter King, that's that's what he's reduced to with I, me. I've not – help me out here. I'm not familiar. All caps, Milwaukee, asked restaurant host, God, did you hear about Robin Williams? The host, no, me, died. He killed himself. Thought he would cry. After the news of Robin Williams, you know, suicide, that's just the tweet. And it's just so unhinged. And, and, and I don't know why it makes me laugh so much, but the dead, he killed himself part of, of him breaking the news to the restaurant host and then saying that the restaurant host almost cried. It's just so funny to me. And with Jake Cutler, I think back to the story of him at a urinal when some Vanderbilt person came up and tried to talk to him and the story of Jay Cutler just cocking his head back and screaming drunkenly, don't care! <laughs> as, some fan to talk, as some fan trying to talk football with him and Jay Cutler just being so flippantly dismissive of him. Makes me like Jay Cutler even more. 
Jay Cutler was there just to party. He didn't want to talk football. He just wanted to have a couple drinks and have a good night. I'm surprised Jay Cutler stayed talking football for this long. Well, I think at a certain point you got to start having a different career, right? Like Jay Cutler, <laughs> Jay Cutler, you know, you have to have something that gets you out of bed and and gets you motivated. And he is a quarterback. Quarterbacks should be able to have those jobs. He's a good-looking quarterback. You should be able to to have one of those jobs. I mean, I'm not surprised, you know, with somebody that was on reality TV or something, you know, kind of like, I'm going to be on TV still, but I'm just going to talk ball. Yeah, I think Fox tried him out as a, like a color analyst, and that just maybe didn't go so well because he kind of came and went. It wasn't very long. So maybe he found a niche doing these kind of shows, but – Ryan Clark, going back to ESPN, I think is good. That NFL Live, I, I enjoy that show. They've they got good chemistry. Rutledge, Orlovsky, him, Swagoo. Come on. Come on, Bob. What? You haven't mentioned the best person on the show yet. Oh, Mina? Mina. Mina's great. She's great. After what you did to the women and the golfers, you, you can't come on here and be dismissive of, of my girl Mina. She's the best one on the show. No, she's, and she's been off the show for a little bit, but she came back just recently in the last couple of weeks. And um, no, I love Mina. That's a, but it's a great show. I mean, it's they're able to cover football all year round, and I'm there for it, which is saying something. Feels like they're the only show that do actual breakdowns of the game. Yeah. You know, like yeah, I mean, ESPN good. used to do that with no, almost every football show. It felt like, and I do think at this point it's the best show on ESPN, and I think it's the most critically acclaimed. And I think that's the one that sports fans kind of look at and still say that's that's worth going to ESPN to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, I talk about everything being so accessible on the internet and how you have so much competition and you don't have to wait to watch shows and blah, blah, blah. But they do that every day, and they will kind of make you smarter and say some stuff that you're, like, actually yeah. impressed by. Definitely. All right. Good batch of headlines, Sam. Take us to break. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. Ever been? Baby, when I met you, there was peace I know. I set up to get you with a fine tooth. The segment is powered by Logo Solutions and SM Athletics. If you are a business owner, club director, or a member of a social club or organization, and you need a logo, and you need merch to help represent your brand, well, listen up. Check out Logo Solutions, powered by SM Athletics. You have logo, they have solution. From customer apparel to headwear and promotional items, Logo Solutions is your one-stop shop for all your branded merchandise needs. Made right here locally in East Tennessee. Be sure to give them a call for all your logo needs. 865-966-3434. That's funny. I was actually looking up the lyrics to Islands in the Islands in the Stream this this weekend trying to figure out what the hell the song meant. I still am not exactly sure. I mean, I know it's just about love. Is it just like, hey, we're separate but stronger together? What does it, what does it mean to be an island in the stream, Bob? What does that even mean? What is a stream? It's kind of like a little section where there's many islands? I guess, yeah. If you have, what is it? Uh, we rely on each other. And right, so like, stuff. hey, we, we got to do trade with each other. You got some stuff I need. You, I got some stuff you need, but we're strong, but we love each other. We're two islands. Let's kind of merge. Okay. Maybe that's it. Not, yeah. not that islands typically merge, but... It's a great song, but like the stream part of it confuses me. I, I don't. I mean, I've heard of like a jet stream, but like I don't. <laughs> I don't fully know. Great song though, and Kenny gives credit to Dolly for for giving it a life of its own because he said he didn't like the song. 
He said that the Bee Gees wrote that song, Bob, and they had given it to Kenny. He's like, I read it. I sang it a couple times, and he's like, I didn't like it. He's like, but then I ran to my friend Dolly, who was recording at the studio, and we did it together. He's like, it took on a whole life of its own. So shout out to Dolly. We were talking some NFL with Ryan Clark and Peter King and T. Higgins, and I do feel like it's noteworthy to say that the running backs that are all headed for free agency are officially all headed for free agency as none of the teams are going to franchise tag the big boys. Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, they're not getting the franchise tag for a second year in a row. Derrick Henry, officially a free agent as the Titans decide not to franchise tag him. I don't think there's any surprise to none of those three. I don't think the Titans ever considered franchise tagging Derrick Henry. But I don't think that necessarily closes the door on bringing Derrick Henry back. The Raiders said they're still interested in bringing Josh Jacobs back. I don't know if the Giants and Saquon are still flirting and wanting to get back together or whatever. But if I'm Saquon, I'm like, I'm out of here. Unless it just unless they're just going to outbid everyone. I've read where the Giants are saying they want to they definitely want to talk about it, but um That means no. Yeah. That that means we're gonna give you a courtesy offer. Yeah. That way we can tell our fans we tried, but we're not going to make you a priority. And and I don't think the Giants should make him a priority. I think that offense needs more work and I don't I don't have a problem with paying running backs whenever everything else is taken care of. It's like having a nice car. It's okay to have a really nice car if you if your house has a good foundation and everything's taken care of or if you want to if you want to build a nice pool, maybe maybe a pool is a better thing. Like if your house is in great shape and and it's nice, and the roof is in good standing, and the the foundation is good, and you've done a termite inspection, no termites, no molds, your yard's taken care of, maybe then you can put the pool in. That's what I think about with running backs. If your offensive line is good, your defense is solid, and, and your quarterback is at least passable, then you can pay a running back. Like, like, like the 49ers did. Like the Titans did a couple years ago with, with Derrick Henry. Quite frankly, like the Cowboys did when they drafted Ezekiel Elliott because that was a year that they were just bad because they didn't have a quarterback. Romo got hurt. They finished top five. They drafted Zeke. He had a good career there. They were good there. I'm not in favor of doing it when it's like the Browns and Colts doing their whole Trent Richardson thing (laughs) or when it's like the Jaguars who are just in the top five because they suck and they're drafting Leonard Fournette. I'm not in favor of it then because, you know, the foundation was, was crumbling there. There were termites in the basement. So when I look at free agency now, I don't think the Titans should pay a running back because they have other holes they need to fill. I don't think the Giants should pay Saquon Barkley. They have other holes they need to fill. Same for the Raiders. All three of those teams kind of suck. So I don't think any of those teams should invest in the running back position there. Maybe the Titans are a little bit different because Henry's a legend and like he's a fan favorite and he's kind of the only the he's the only fan favorite on offense. So like if you gave him like a a two year twelve million dollar deal, I don't think anybody would be too mad about it. But I like it when my teams are like the 49ers and like hey, everything else is good. We'll, we'll take Christian McCaffrey. So for free agents, like you know, if the Chiefs were like, hey, yeah, we want Saquon, we'll make it work. Or if the Ravens, who you know seem to have a pretty good foundation and everything, if they're like, hey, we need to finally get a running back here to take us over, over the hump, or the Bills, those make sense for me. What are your thoughts on Bob's Colts signing Jonathan Taylor last year then? 
I thought it was a mistake. I don't know how Bob felt about it because there's a little bit there like he was kind of the face of the franchise too because the, they didn't really have any stars on offense and, and they didn't have a quarterback. But, like, I imagine the Colts immediately had buyer's remorse whenever he's not playing and Zach Moss looks just as good. And then, you know, Michael Pittman kind of became that star of that offense. And, you know, maybe Anthony Richardson's that guy moving forward. But, like, how did you feel about it, Bob? Did you want to pay Jonathan Taylor? Well, based on some of the gamesmanship he and his camp were using, I, I didn't want him around, you know. I, um, before that, before he kind of burnt those bridges and were, yeah. and were like, hey, I want out of here, hey, I'm hurt, blah, blah, blah. Because, yeah, it did get ugly there, and I'm kind of surprised the deal got worked out. But before all that happened, did you want to pay Jonathan Taylor to keep him around? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. But then once that happened where he started demanding a trade and Zach Moss was producing, I was like, let's move on, man. I was ready to move on. When he came back, I was – okay with it not happy about it didn't bum me out but i was just like okay whatever and now they're going to be in my opinion in another bit of a quandary because now they've got michael pittman to deal with as a free agent and they they can't let him walk i know they you would want to keep him but i i just don't know where they stand on you know money and everything else at this point yeah with with jonathan taylor it felt it felt a little bit like, like a mistake because I didn't feel like they were close to competing. Now I don't know if that's my bias in terms of just not liking the Colts, but also like they were drafting a, a quarterback in the top ten. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they they earned that top ten pick by not being very good. So in that position, I wouldn't want to pay a running back because by the time you're actually going to be good, he's not going to be in his prime anymore. Yeah. Whereas the Titans with Henry, they had a good thing going, and you know they squeezed a couple years out where they were somewhat contenders. I mean, they were the one seed and went to the AFC Championship and all those things. You could argue about whether or not they were actually going to win the Super Bowl or whatever, but like they were at least a good team. Yeah, he signed a three-year deal last year, so like that starts to then start to get into the, you know, kind of overlap between starting to have to pay Anthony Richardson. Yeah. If it was bit. only three years, that should be fine. Yeah, he'll, be, he'll get a year gap, yeah. Yeah, Richardson him. will be four years plus a fifth-year option, so they'll still have a cheap quarterback for at least – Four more years, so I don't have a problem with it there. It's just I don't think Anthony Rich is going to be ready to compete. I know I know the Colts made the playoffs this year, but you didn't think of them as a contender, or did they make the playoffs? I guess they lost. They, they had a playoff game in Week 18. Yeah, excuse it was like, me. It yeah. was like a play-in yeah. basically. Yeah. So they were close, but yeah. I don't think that was them actually being. They threw it to Jonathan Taylor's backup to lose to not go to the. Couch. No, no, they threw it to Zach Moss's backup. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, they threw it to like the, the fourth string running back. He was two. He was three people's backups. I, I have to believe Steichen had some say in that, too. He's an offensive guy, and, you know, he, he might have been like, I need weapons, and, you know. Again, I'm, it might be a little short-sighted, honestly, but I'm sure that was some of the motivation, too. I don't know. I think it, I think it also just you need a star. Like, if you yeah. have a new coach yeah, that, that hasn't proven anything as a head coach, Michael Pittman hadn't really emerged. I mean, I know he'd shown some flashes, but he hadn't really emerged as a top 30 guy yet. You didn't have a quarterback that was a star. You thought maybe you're going to have to play Gardner Minshew at the beginning of the year. I know Richardson ended up getting the start, you know, day one. But, yeah, you just needed a face of the franchise, which is what I think happened with Saquon Barkley, too. Yeah. They made the huge investment drafting him top five, which they shouldn't have done because they weren't good when they drafted him. And then, yeah, they haven't had a quarterback, so, like, you have to have – they have no wide receivers either. So, it's like, hey, come watch Saquon Barkley play. But, all you know, both of those guys, Henry and Saquon, and, you know, we'll see it with Austin Eckler – I would imagine they're going to just be looking at getting the most money possible. I don't think they have the benefit of, of other positions. 
other positions, you could say, hey, you know, I've, I've had a good career. I haven't won. I'm going to try to go to contender. I do think with running backs, they make so little money that they're going to try to squeeze out every dime possible, especially these guys who have, you know, had a crusade of trying to fix the running back position. You think back to last offseason with their group chat and trying to get as much money as possible. I don't think they're going to take any discounts to try to go win. I think they're just going to go to the highest bidder, which means I think that none of these guys are going to be great next year. I was a little surprised when you talk about Eckler that it says that Harbaugh, probably just coach speak, but suggested the Chargers would love to have Eckler back. It's like he doesn't feel like a Harbaugh running back to me. I would, you know, the, the backup's Josh Kelly, who's more of a a runner, plotter, you know. But when I think of Jim Harbaugh running backs, I think of Frank Gore. Yeah, yeah, just a big bruiser. Yep, reliable. Four and a half yards of carry, but he's gonna get. He's gonna do it for you, and he's gonna have some big runs. And he's gonna be just a a bruiser. He's gonna make you feel it. Yeah, that's not what you think about with Austin Eckler. But you also don't want to alienate him just in case you do try to bring him back. You want to make him feel important, and that's, you know we just couldn't come to terms. We offered him a fair deal, and he didn't take it, so we, we wish him well. I still have this vision of him with the Chiefs. He'd be potentially a problem, you know, just coming out of the backfield, catching little passes from Mahomes. No, for sure. And, like, you know, Henry in Baltimore, you know, and, and Josh Josh Jacobs doesn't really move the needle for me. I don't think of him in that same breath as these other three guys. I know he's got some good numbers, but maybe I'm wrong on Josh Jacobs. Maybe he is better than How mad will you be if Henry signs with Baltimore after not potentially being able to trade him for a, kind of a third, fourth rounder maybe this year? I'm going to be honest, Sam. Once I watched Steve McNair and Derek Mason and Samari Roll play for the Ravens, Nothing could be as bad as that. Yeah, I love Derrick Henry, but I'm older now. That would be my version of that. Yeah, it, it would suck. Now, nah, I mean, but again, like that would be more so like Derrick Henry probably choosing to do it. Whereas with Steve McNair, we like just locked him out of the facility. We wouldn't let him even come like work out because like, hey, if you get hurt, we owe you money. So we're just, they locked the gate. They, lo- they locked the door on him. They changed the key code and told Steve McNair to stay home. And then yeah, then he went to a team that you really hated at the time. I still hate the Ravens, but it's not nearly as venomous. There's not nearly as much. Was it virtual? How do you say that word? Vitriol. 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 Yeah. Virtual. What an idiot. But yeah, like it would it would hurt to see him in the AFC. I would like for him to go like the Cowboys. If I could pick that makes a team, sense. I think he actually might go to the Cowboys. Yeah, if I could, if I could pick a a team for Derrick Henry to go to, it'd be the Cowboys because they didn't bring back Tony Pollard. They're mm-hmm. didn't. They're not franchise tagging him. He looks washed. Works out in Houston in the offseason. Yeah, you know, go there and, and no no state income tax. You can make a little bit more money. Jerry likes stars. It's almost in my mind that that is where he's going for some reason. I don't know why. but I hope so. Yeah. And I hope he does better than Eddie George did when he went to the Cowboys because I still rooted for Eddie on the Cowboys and he's stuck. But, yeah, like if I could pick one team, Derrick Henry go to the Cowboys. Yeah. 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 I'd take the Cowboys for him too. The Ravens would hurt. Ravens would really hurt. But I'm a little numb to it, like I said. I watched all three of my favorite Titans. Like, those are basically three of my five favorite Titans all go to Baltimore. I love Samari Roll. Maybe most more so because of Madden. I loved playing with him on Madden. And love Derek Mason and, of course, love Steve McNair. He's my favorite football player ever. Is Samari Roll the one that went on to be a doctor after? No. Is that his brother? That was his yeah, brother. that was Myron. Myron. I don't know if it's his brother or not. It's the same last name, but I don't know if it's his brother. They've it's pretty sure be. they both went to Florida State. Or, they I mean, did. Okay, yeah. I was gonna it's got to be his brother. Yeah. 
but yeah, no, he he. One he, of them is a doctor, though. Right? Yeah, Myron. Okay. Myron played at Florida State and was good at Florida State, but he was like a token draft pick kind of in the NFL. And wasn't he like a Rhodes Scholar? Or yeah, something yeah, like that? he was. What if, what, what if Henry went to the Chiefs? How would you feel about that? I would be surprised because, like I said, I do think he's going to try to just get money because yeah. those running backs want money. It's their last chance to get a paycheck. and You know, I'd be fine if he won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. I'd be happy for him, but, like, I'm not going to root for him with the Chiefs. I feel like he wants some legacy more than he wants money still right now. Like, he got kind of the big running back deal with us. See, that's the thing, though. It's the big running back deal. Yeah. It's not big NFL money. No, so like true, but... when you sign a thirty-three million dollar contract, yeah, that's great. But like you're thinking like right now, if you're thirty, it's my last big check I'm gonna get. I'm gonna try to squeeze every million dollars I could get. Is what is what I think the running backs are gonna do. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm just thinking of like what Le'Veon Bell did. Yeah. When he left Pittsburgh. He's like, Hey, I'm going no. to the Jets, I'm gonna take as much money as possible. I think the running backs is a whole will. To me, just Henry feels like he wants he just seems like he really wants that Super Bowl ring. Like that's kind of the last thing that he has to accomplish in his career. Yeah, maybe. And maybe he could kill two birds with one stone if the Cowboys offer him a decent contract. He can go there and, and have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Probably his best bet. We'll talk some college basketball after the break. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. White. Back on the program. NFL Combine going on this week, so going to be some more of the meat market watching as we get a little bit later into the week. The NFL offseason is not as fun to talk about as the NBA offseason for me, but I still do enjoy it. I do still enjoy it, so I'm looking forward to keeping an eye on it. Last night, do we have anything in college basketball that caught your eyes? I was kind of in an NBA mood last night. I watched a little bit of the Grizzlies game, then I watched all of the Heat Sacramento Kings game. I thought that was fun. So when my eyes wasn't really, they, they weren't really on college basketball last night. God, how late were you up then? If you watched, uh, I went to bed about Sac- twelve fifteen or so. That's my time. I can't fall asleep before then. Like I, that's pretty much. I was in bed, but I did pick up my phone and watch the second half. And yeah. Um, thanks for nothing, Bam Adebayo. I needed <laughs> Bam Adebayo. I needed two more rebounds. Thanks for nothing. I went reboundless, Bob, over the last 14 minutes of the game. Sorry, man. I watched a fair amount of North Carolina-Miami just because uh, I pay attention to those teams right now because, like, North Carolina is one of them. They're right in in our mix in terms of seeding, et cetera. They're playing in the Dean Dome, and honestly, Miami, Miami hung with them. They had it down to a two-point game less than a minute to go, but North Carolina prevailed. R.J. Davis went off. 42 points. Most points scored in the Dean Dome. I think that replaces, uh, well, the, the Dalton Connect, when he had his 37, was were they saying that was the most points from a visiting team? Yes, that yes. was it. Yeah. Because there's some other 40-point performances, I think, from North Carolina players. But um, he's up there now in terms of an individual game performance. Some of the names that I saw were, you know, like Hansborough, Shimond Williams, uh, Kenny Smith. Um, so R.J. Davis can play. But, uh, yeah, North Carolina hung on and won. I didn't watch much of uh, Baylor, TCU, Baylor won. Yeah, I saw Baylor was up big in the second half and, and I guess, coasted to the finish line. I got a text from Stats by Will about North Carolina at the end of the game. 
and I turned it over right whenever they were shooting the free throw to go up four. They missed it, got the offensive rebound, and then I watched Miami not foul for 20 seconds as they just kind of stood there. Yeah. Threw in the towel. Yeah. So I watched the very, like, worst part of the game, but – it's kind of amazing, you know. Miami was in Final Four last year. They're they're like barely a five hundred team this year. They're like fifteen and fourteen or something like that, fifteen and thirteen. And there's a little bit of chatter that uh, Jim Laranega might be done. He might be retiring after this year. I thought he was going to retire like five years ago because he came back and had that one good year with Shane Larkin. Yeah. And I thought, okay, he's winding down. And they started losing. I was like, what's he waiting on? Then he, you know, went to the Elite Eight last year. He has like two to three year pockets. Yeah. Yeah, he has yeah. like really good teams for two to three years. Sucks for another two to three. Gets another good one. But they brought back so many people from last year's team. You yeah. kind of thought they were going to keep it rolling, but they did not. No. I just don't know how you watch that North Carolina team and think one seed right now. Like uh-huh. in, the, in the ACC, playing the teams they're playing. Like I just don't, I don't get it. And like I'm looking at bracket matrix and – you know, it takes everyone's everyone kind of in the industry's mock drafts or you know, bracketology, not mock drafts. It takes their their mock brackets and and puts them all together, and then you take the average, and it kind of gives you an idea of like the overall thoughts of their seeding. and And right now, they're the top number two seed, and have you know a handful of people having them as a one seed, including our friend Jerry Palm. Yeah, he just put his newest out this morning and still has them as a one seed. How, Jerry? Kind of bums me out. How, Jerry? So, wait, Jerry's put out two already this week? or Yeah, yeah, he just put another one out this morning. Meanwhile, Joel Lenardi can't be bothered to update his since the 23rd. Yeah, yeah Jerry's has been out not even an hour. Um, Would that not just be such an easy way to generate clicks? Yeah. ESPN? Just, even if it's the same bracket, just say it's updated. Just move one thing. That's why, and, I, you know, of course, we're a little biased. We have Jerry, and we'll have Jerry on the show again before we get to uh, – March Madness, but um, I, I I like the fact that he and some of his picks are a little questionable to me, but he uh, keeps it fresh. That's what I do like, and uh, I'm just not a big. I'll just be honest, I'm not a big Lenardi fan for bracketology. Of course, I I revert to it because it is one of the ones that everybody pays attention to, but um, I still uh, I still kind of side with with Palm. Um, there was something I was going to say, though, when we were talking about... Oh, I was looking at rankings. That's what I was going to say. So the AP and the coaches poll came out yesterday. We've got Tennessee up to number four on both of them, which I believe is the highest they've been ranked all season. Do you recall them being ranked higher than number four? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Yeah. So... It's all shaping up, man. Oh, and this was the other observation I was going to make. So, talking about North Carolina. Last week we talked about Coach Dennis Gates looking a lot like Emmanuel Lewis, a.k.a. Webster. That seemed to catch on. Yeah. Um, I think Armando Baycott has a little bit of uh, Sam. This You probably won't be able to connect on this, but John probably will. He looks like a little bit of a poor man's Morris Day to me. <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're not going to get a lot of uh, our younger audience being like, what the yeah. hell are you talking about? Yeah. They're not going to know what Morris Day looks like. i, I got to be honest, I don't really know if I know what Morris Day looks like. No, look him up. I've heard of Morris Day in the time, but I don't that's, know. That's, yeah. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know what he looks like. Yeah. I know who Morris Chestnut is. Yeah. I know uh, what he looks like. 
Armando would be happy to look like Morris Chestnut. Um, Morris Day. Go check it out sometime. I have a little bit more, uh, a little bit meaner of a comparison for Armando Bacon. Well. I think he looks like one of those goldfish with the big eyes. He does look like a goldfish with big eyes. That's pretty interesting. He does. He does. I wonder if he's got a memory like a goldfish. <laughs> In the words of Ted Lasso. I, I try not to care too much about the bracketology. We've talked about this. I try not to care about them until – because everything's going to shake out. It's going to be different, and, like, the the people are going to come out and be like, well, here's what changed, and here's here's why, and we're going to defend the, the committee, and we're going to defend our bad picks and blah, blah, blah. But it does actually make me mad seeing North Carolina as the one seed. It does actually make me mad seeing that. I would actually be better with Arizona keeping a one seed than North Carolina being yeah, a one seed. Same. Me too. Because like, I don't think North Carolina has any claim to being a top four team. Yeah. I, I totally agree. The ACC sucks. Now they're seven and four in quad one. That's That's pretty good. You know, that's better than Tennessee, who's five and five. Is that's just right behind Arizona, who's seven and three. North Carolina with a quad three loss, and then just a really weak conference. They just—I don't know. I mean, where are are we their best win by far? Do they have anybody else that stands out when you look at North Carolina and their schedule? I know they lost to Kentucky. I guess they beat Duke, but we're better than Duke. Are we able to like prop you up that much? I mean, I know, hey, they beat Arkansas, who was ranked number 20 at the time, but we know Arkansas sucks now. They lost to Villanova. Villanova's not good this year. I'm looking at their schedule. I don't even know who their, who their third best win would even be. Probably Clemson, Clemson I guess. They, yeah. beat, they beat Clemson twice. That's those are probably no. They only beat Clemson once. Yeah, they lost. Clemson, to Clemson got them at home. Oh, that's right. They did lose to them. Yeah, Cle- Clemson. Sorry. They won at Clemson, which I guess is a good win, and they lost at home against Clemson. Now you're right. I'm. I mean, because the ACC, they're taking by and large taking care of business in the ACC, but that's not. Is Oklahoma thought of as good? They're just kind of solid, right? They're kind of like a. A ten seed type of team is that kind of where they're they, at? They've been a ranked. Team, they've but. been ranked the better part of the season, but I mean, just ranked like you know, they they got up to top ten at the beginning of the season, then lost a few games. They're number seven when Carolina beat them, but I don't yeah. think anyone actually thinks they're a top ten team. No, I don't either. I, top twenty five, yeah, maybe. The Nets has them at uh, number thirty nine. Is where the Net has them. I don't know. So, like, I, I try not to get too worked up about the bracketology, but North Carolina, who doesn't pass the metric test, who doesn't really pass the resume test, if they got a one seed, I'd be pretty mad about that. Especially if Tennessee goes three and one down the stretch. I know they beat Tennessee head to head. That's fine. You can't convince me that North Carolina would have beaten Tennessee in Knoxville. Neutral side, I don't know. Do you remember what the spread was on that on that game? Were we favored? I'll see. I want to say we were slight favorites in that game. So that's kind of like, you know what the 
what the people think about these two teams matched up. I know that the games aren't pay, played on point spreads. They were two-and-a-half point favorite. Carolina they was, were? Yeah, they okay. were favored. Two-and-a-half points at home, though, is not drastic. I, I still think that game, too, was also a you – know, I think even Barnes said it was a casualty of – the schedule you know they'd sure. come back from Maui and they probably just shouldn't have had that game bumped up against the trip to Maui like that yeah and in hindsight we maybe should have seen that coming a little bit more I think right. we kind of went into that thinking we could beat North Carolina but without thinking about the traveling that they had just done that's one of those you look at and you're like oh yeah not making excuses for the team but that explanation makes a lot of sense North Carolina played in the tournament in the Bahamas too yeah but that that's also is that not much of a close is that not a much closer flight I mean yeah it definitely is. It but, is. Yeah. I've never been to the – I've never flown to Hawaii, but I, I picture that being a lot closer. Yeah. No, it's 100% this. closer, but Plus still travel. Get, you know, they're also getting to sleep in their bed, Sam. Getting to sleep in their bed and not have to get on the bus. Different time zone, all no, I'm, that I'm stuff. I'm saying whenever we go to – whenever we went to Carolina. I see what you mean. Do you think we <laughs> – do, do we go there and stay the night or do we just go there and play the day of? How does that work for a short trip like that? Um, Especially, like, before, like, the school really gets going. You probably – go the day before and then leave the night after the game yeah that's yeah i would say that's typically the way they do it yeah yeah but yeah time zones bob like you said it's a big difference like what six hours in hawaii is that right yeah bahamas probably just central time zone yeah, yeah. we played that syracuse game at like 10 a.m yeah. hawaii time or something like that yeah yeah we're just making some excuses yeah nothing like it <laughs> let's play north carolina again if we draw north carolina if they're the one seed i pray we're the two seed i pray that's yeah. what we get sure Hour two in the books. We'll have Trey Wallace on at 9.15 to talk Tennessee versus the NCAA. Got some more sports to digest. Stick with us. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. A brand built in Tennessee.